0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Happy New Year. We hope it is, right? You all ready for 2020 to be in the rearview mirror? Now this is interactive. If you all if you all will talk back, it, it'll help. We'll get we'll get done on time, right? Or maybe, maybe not. Have you made your resolutions yet? Well, don't. They last about 17 days. And most of them are just. Fluff, anyway. So, but here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about some principles and promises that come from the Word of God. So, turn with me to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is a word uh, is a book about joy. It's one of the last uh, letters that Paul wrote. It was a cyclical letter, even though it was addressed to the Philippians. It was a letter that was read in the early church in lots of different settings. It was it was basically Paul's testimony. He's summing up his ministry. And he's telling them about his journey and, and he's given them some theology, but he's also given them some principles and promises. The Bible is not a book of predictions. People want to take the Bible and find out, you know, I've, I know folks have got these timetables of when Jesus is coming back. Anybody that comes with that, just run because Jesus said he didn't know. Only the Father knew. So the, the, the deal is you, you can't get up, caught up in predictions, but the Bible is a book of principles and promises. And that's what Paul does in the, in the book of, of Philippians. And in chapter 3, he's, he's somewhat contrasting his former life to his current life and his future life. And so in verse 10 of Philippians chapter 3, he says this, My goal, so that's, it, this is a, th- these are passages that are good for you to underline or mark in your Bible. And every now and then to go back and reread these, because here, here's, Paul's given us some, clarity about goals of life and a lot of people set goals this time of year my goal he said is to know him that is to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from the dead not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already fully mature. But I make every effort to take hold of it. Because I've also been taken hold of it by Christ Jesus. Brothers and I would say sisters. I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind. and Reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prized promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So Paul is being clear about what he, how he wants to live. And a new year is a time for us to at least take an inventory and to look at ourselves and to, and to, and to set some priorities and, and to have some principles in our lives. And Paul said that his goal is to know Jesus. So in, at the end of 2021, if, if we live that long, it would be nice to look back on this year and say we have progressed in our faith. I know more about Jesus at the end of the year than I did at the beginning of the year. In other words, uh, as John the Baptist said, he must he must increase and I must decrease. At the end of twenty twenty one, it would be it, it would be incredible if there was less of you and more of him. And now some of us we're always trying to better ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being uh, having getting more education or more, more skills. But but if that consumes that that part of you that should be uh, being consumed by Christ, then you're you're living far below your privilege. And and Paul at the end of his life, he, he's he's sort of looking back and he's trying to sum up for these people that he's writing to. He's writing for both Jews and Gentiles, and it's a church that he had founded, but it was for all the churches, and it's for us today. My goal is to know him. I want to know him, don't you? I don't want just to know about him. There's people I know about. I grew up in the era of the Beatles. Some of you that have no hair and gray hair, that's true, right? era of the Beatles. You all remember the Beatles? Ed Sullivan, and we... You know, in church you couldn't dance, but we did creative movement. And so I learned creative movement to the Beatles. <laughs> we used to go to Sock Ops. And I'm dating myself a bit. Ed, you're not old enough to go to have gone to Sock Ops. But we would put the Beatles on. And we would do the twist. And we would do all that kind of stuff. And if you'd have asked me in the 60s, Do you know the Beatles? I'd have said, Oh, yeah. But the truth is, I only knew about them. Never met them. I only knew about them. I got to see John F. Kennedy uh, the, year before, the year he died. I saw him in Louisville. My grandmother took all the grandkids, wanted to see the president. We went and stayed at uh, Sealback Hotel and, and uh, got to see the, the president. He, he literally, it was serendipitous. He walked by us. My cousin and I were standing on these steps and this entourage came by. And John F. Kennedy, I, I could have literally reached out and touched him. I got fascinated with him. I, I've read books about him. We've been to his museum in Boston. And, but the truth is, I don't know John F. Kennedy. Number one, he's dead, but I didn't know him then. I only knew about him. Our problem is we only know about Jesus. We just know about him. We're gaining information about him, but Paul said, I want to know him. How do you know him? You know him through the power of the resurrection, through the Holy Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit is the seal of of God's approval on your life, and you know you got the Spirit when He convicts you of sin and convinces you of His righteousness and the truth of His Word. So one of the first goals then is to know Him. And so as you start 2021, here's here's my plea to you. it's, It's to follow the teachings of Paul. Here it says, one thing I do, one thing I do, so what would be the one thing that if you did it in 2021 would change your life and your family's life and the world in which you live? And it would be what Paul said, my goal is to know him. In other words, put God first. Number one, it, it, it's a worthy aspiration as we start this new year is to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. So how do you do it? You commit that he's first in your life. So what does it look like if God's first in your life? Well, the first day of the week. It's today, it's Sunday. Now, some people work on Sunday. I, I get that. As a preacher, I, I felt like all these years I've worked on Sunday. I felt like that was part of it. <laughs> I took a day off during the week. But, but, but the first day of the week, or whenever your, your day is that you're going to worship. But for most of us, it's Sunday. So for God to be first in your life, you've got to say, okay, I'm going to put God first. What does that look like? It means that you come to worship. Now, those of you watching online, for now, some of that's, that's that's the only way that'll happen. But there's going to come a time, hopefully, this year where we won't have that excuse that we can't come because we got this virus. Hopefully, at some point, it's going to go away, right? I mean, it may never go away, but we're going to get vaccinated, right? Hopefully, you're not like some of my cousins that think if you get vaccinated, they got a chip in it, and they're going to, they're going to you know, they're, they're, these are my cousins in Somerset. You know, it's like... I tell them, they don't care where you go. You live at Walmart. I mean, what do they care? You know, it's like, but surely you're not stupid enough to believe that. But hopefully you'll get vaccinated, and some of you are going to have to continue to wear a mask for probably till June or July. But at some point, we're going to be able to get back to worship, right? Put God first, whether it's online or whether it's in person, that you're going to come to worship. Ed, would that be a good goal? The second one is to be in Bible study. Now, we started Bible study back today at 930, right? For adults and, and, and kids, right? So, let me tell you this. God will never be preeminent in your life if you just come to worship. Worship is an automatic response of knowing Him. But, but to know Him is not only just to come and worship. Worship is primary spectator. You come and people like these living proof folks and, and others that lead us, the the the. the, the the the, the magi- mu- musicians, and I started to say the magicians, but that's not, you know what, <laughs> <laughs> they're not magicians, but, uh, but, but Bible study, listen, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I learned years ago, 40 years ago, that the important part of church is Bible study, that's where you get to know the word, that's where you get to know people, that's where you get cared for, that's, that's where you can ask questions. You can't ask questions in a sermon. Wouldn't it be weird if I said something and you raised your hand and and said, I don't understand? I mean, the whole place would look weird. You'd look Pentecostal. All your hands would be up, and you'd go, "Uh, Pastor, I don't understand. But the deal is, at at the beginning of this year, if you would commit, and listen to this, if you would commit to be in person, if you're physically able to be in person worship 40 times this year, 40 times. We already got one, so you already got one, okay? You already got one right here. First Sunday, January. days the third, right? And to be in Bible study, 40 times this year. I'm telling you, if you do that, it, it will enhance your life. It will help you uh, 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 on this aspiration to put God first in your life. First day of the week. The second thing. It's to have given the, the, the first and last moments of your day. Now, some of you are morning people. I am. Some of you are evening people. Uh, you know, you, you, it's just a difference in personality and, and, and makeup. But, but either the first or the last moments of the day, to get in the Word and get the Word in you. So if you get up early, start your day in the Word. If you're a, a person who say, boy, in the morning, I'm no good. Well, do it at night. But spend either the first or the last moments or both in the Word of God. You say, Pastor, what are some of those? Well, uh, the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 19, 14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Uh, the, the Psalms are, are prayers, some of them are songs. They're intended to be sung. Um, they're a great. Uh, songs out there that you could sing or recite, or uh, maybe you're not a good singer, just sing them to yourself, but not like these people that can sing incredibly, but, but gospel hymns and some of the great praise songs, but have the first and the last words of your day be focused on the Lord, and then, and then, give Him the first fruits of your labor. I remember when I committed my life as an adult to the Lord in February of 1976, and uh I went to the pastor and I said, Look, I, I wanna I wanna be joyfully serious about this and that's been my goal all these years, to be joyfully serious about following Jesus. I'd been really serious about partying and drinking and living a debased lifestyle. I was really good at it, you know. Um, I think I told you before I had a deacon one time uh cuss me out in the parking lot and uh I said to him, You're not very good at this, are you? <laughs> I said, I said, back when I was cussing, I was real good at it. I said, you, you, you're just not real good at this, are you? Uh, I was real good at a debased lifestyle. So when I got back in church, I said, Lord, I said to I said, the pastor, I want to be as good as this as I can. I, I want to be joyfully serious. And I said, what I need to do? He said, well, you need to come to worship. You need to come to Bible study. And you need to begin to tithe. And I said, what's that? I didn't know what tithing was. My parents never taught me about tithing. I never heard it mentioned in my household. And he said, well, you, whatever you make, you give 10% of that to the Lord every week. And, and when I'd go to church, and th- th- whenever I went, I'd, I'd you know, give a $5 or $10. And if I was real generous, I thought I'd give $20. And, and so uh, I, I said, well, okay, that's what I need to do. And so I got my paycheck, and I, I wrote out a check, and I thought, my Lord, I, my goodness, that, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know? What could I do with that? I've got fishing rods I could buy and all that kind of stuff. But I started tithing. In March of 1976, and I'm going to tell you, I've tithed ever since. And God has provided for me over super abundantly as I have acknowledged that the 90% is His. If you want to put God first in your life, if that's your aspiration, if that's, Paul said, I want to know Him. And if that's the goal you have for 2021, if that's the goal of your Christian life, then you need to give Him the first day of the week. You need to give them the first uh, the, uh, or, and the best hours of your day, whenever that is, and you need to commit to giving the first fruits of your labors. You say, well, "I've never done that." Well, a place to start—just start. You say, "Well, I can't give 10. We'll start at five. Start somewhere. Start at some systematic giving. Some of you are in debt over your heads. You're upside down. You, you've you've bought more. You've borrowed more. You. you're you're, you're so leveraged that you say, well, I don't have that kind of money. Well, start somewhere. It's a spiritual journey. And let the Lord show you that as you become faithful to Him, He will be overly faithful to you, the first fruits of your labor. And then, then, make a commitment to do it. Uh, Over the years, I've watched people that at one time, were, were very committed to the Lord. And then over time, that commitment began to erode. Uh, they were chasing success. They were climbing the ladder. And the next thing you knew, what had been their, their stronghold of the Lord became a stronghold of Satan. Th- that... You may be climbing a ladder to find out you've leaned it against the wrong wall. The so folks that stay committed are people that keep these internal resources of their life vibrant and strong. Prayer, Bible study, worship, service, and that's the that 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 helps us to be spiritually vibrant. The second thing. Uh, is not only put God first, but, but put your family right under God. Just, it's not really one and two. It says God here, and then you're submitting your family to Him. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like being dovetailed. It's, you, you can't have one without the other. To try to put your family before God is totally out of balance. The Bible's real clear about how to do family life. Uh, it's real clear about how to do marriage it's about real it's real clear about how to raise children in the in the fear and the admonition of the Lord to raise them up in, a, in the ways that they should that they should go so so part of the commitment on the front end is is Lord help me help me to be the kind of family man or woman that I need to be and and that's that's hand in glove I want to tell you I got it out of whack several years ago I'm a workaholic i I haven't I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I don't drink. I haven't drank in, uh, since February the 15th, 1976. But I replaced that with work. And uh, I mean particularly uh, well even now. I mean I, I I I enjoy doing things, but particularly early in my ministry, I was driven. Part of it I was trying to overcome my past and all that, but our daughter was born in April of 1981 and but we were uh, I was pastoring, and the, we moved to a church in West Kentucky in Henderson. The church was blowing and going. We built buildings. I built it. We built a house, and and I got my doctorate. And one day I woke up, and uh, things were out of balance. And God put me down. We were on vacation in Saint Augustine, Florida, and God put me down. I thought I was having a heart attack. And uh, Charlie took me to the emergency room in Saint Augustine, and the guy ran an EKG and there was anything wrong with my heart. and he looked at me and he said, I think you're having an anxiety attack. He's a doctor from Paducah that had moved to to St. Augustine. And I and he said, do you do anything stressful? And I said, well, I'm a pastor of a growing church. And he said, well, that's probably stressful enough. He said, maybe, maybe this is a wake-up call for you to realign some of your priorities. And I want to tell you, God showed me that what had happened was the church. Now, listen to me, to, to Greg and 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 Ed. And, Anybody else on staff or anybody, listen. What happens is, if you aren't careful, the church can replace your commitment to God. Okay? And the church, this sounds, I'm just going to be a confessional here. The church became my mistress. Church became more important than my family. My life was totally out of balance. I was spending too much time at church. I don't remember much about the first five years of my daughter's life. It's one of the reasons I'm so committed to spending time with my grandchildren. I don't want to miss with them what I missed with her because I was so busy doing what God's work, I thought, that I didn't have time for God to work in me. you got to get that right. God first, not church, okay? don't, don't hear me that 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 God is he's bigger than church he created the universe now church is the earthly manifestation of his kingdom here on earth it's, it's it's how he wants to have the gospel shared and people discipled but 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 God and family have got to be got to be intertwined right there and so i I've, I've got it before the church and repented and told him listen uh, i've I'm out of balance, and so I put seven men around me to help Help me, because I knew I would probably bust the boundaries, and I asked the church to help me to keep my focus on the Lord and my family right before Him. Now, I still worked at church, and, you know, still passionate about that, uh, but, but really, that's the third piece, and it's, it's, it's God and family, and then it's others. And the others often happens through the church. You serve, you give, you, uh, you encourage, you disciple, you come alongside. But, but those things cannot take place of your family. I'm so burdened for pastors over the years that I've seen they gave so much time to their church that their families were just dysfunctional. They, they, they don't even, you know, they, they don't have a family life. Well, that's not what God wants. God wants me and my wife to model what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, I mean, are we perfect? No. Uh, did we raise a perfect daughter? No. We have perfect grandchildren. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Smartest, brightest children ever walked on face of the earth. I mean, hello, right? Should have had them first. That would have been good. Uh, but, but this other piece is your commitment to serve, to serve. And here's the deal. I don't know this. I don't know for a fact, but I'm, uh, I think I'm going to be pretty accurate about this. That at Eastwood Baptist Church, of the people that come, there are about 300 people that are coming now to worship and all that. And we're not talking about South Campus. We're just talking about here on this campus. There's about 20% that do all the work. There's about 50 people, maybe 60. They do all the work. Am I pretty close? Pretty close. About 20%. They do 80% of the ministry. Well, in the coming year, it would be nice if you stepped up to, to uh, uh, raise that percentage. What if we went from 20% to 30 at the end of the year? Instead of 20%, we had, we had 30%. Ed, are there ministries here that need help? Okay. So he's going to be out in the lobby <laughs> waiting on some of you to say, Hey, what do you need done? I'm willing. Okay? Now, I told him, don't ever ask me to work with three-year-olds. The only thing about three good about three is four. <laughs> and uh I don't uh I mean, we don't get along real well. Uh so don't ask me to. And some of you, listen, if you don't like kids, then don't volunteer to work with kids. Hello. You know, if you don't like teenagers, then, then don't volunteer to work. But there's something here at Eastwood Baptist Church that you, you, you need to be done. Right? I don't know what it is. Ed knows. Greg knows, right? I mean, we, we, there, there's ministries here. So what about in the coming year we, we raise that percentage? By you taking on a load here of something in way to serve others. So, right priorities. God first. My family, I'm going to put him right there with God. Put him right there with God. And then I'm going to serve others through my church and maybe some other civic organization. And then the right plan. What's the right plan? He says, uh, one thing I do, he said, forgetting what lies behind. Uh, that's hard. I'm telling you, that's hard to do. What Paul is talking about is is his heritage. He, He was writing to people, some of them Jews, that were relying on the law. They were leveraging their heritage of being Jewish, Hebrews. And Paul says earlier in this passage, earlier in the chapter, he said, uh, uh if you think if anyone thinks he has grounds for boasting in the flesh, I have more. Circumcise the earth day, eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, persecuting the church, as to righteousness that is in the law. blameless. in other words, Paul said, if you think you got something to on your heritage, listen i have I, I am the main guy. But later in his ministry, Paul will say he's the chief of sinners. See, his life flipped. He said, I'm leaving that all that behind. I, I'm leaving all that religious stuff behind. What I want to know is I want to know Jesus. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I, I want his, this new life to flow in me. Now, some of you that are here and some of you that are listening, you're just sick and tired of waking up sick and tired. You're tired of the same old, same old. Well, i to tell you, I got good news. Jesus Christ comes to bring new life. He's alive. I mean, he really is. He's alive and he gives us his presence through the Holy Spirit. And he wants to make us alive with him. You want a new you for a new year in 2021? Allow the Holy Spirit to come and do His work in you by putting God first, your family right there, serving others, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting what, whatever it is. That, that this, just almost imagine the Lord taking a pair of bolt cutters and just cutting you loose from whatever that ball and chain, those people, those circumstances, that hurt, that anxiety. And then He says, and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I pursue my goal, the goal of the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. There are things in your life that you need to leave behind this year. But there are things that you need to be reaching forward to. I believe With everything within me, that your pastor is on his way. Hmm? He's on his way. You believe that? He's on his way. Now, here's the question a pastor is going to ask What is Eastwood Baptist Church known for in the Bowling Green community and beyond? So let's just pretend that I'm I'm your prospective pastor. That's not going to happen, but let's just say let's just say I'm your prospective pastor and I come in, I ask the I ask the search team, I ask the leadership team, I ask Sunday school teachers. I I bring a group of people together just, you know, regular folks and I ask them questions. Tell me what Eastwood Baptist Church is known for. What would you tell him? It should be. Let me tell you. It should be. We're about sharing the gospel. We're about carrying out the Great Commission. We're about making disciples. We're about serving people in Jesus' name. You see, I want you to be ready when your pastor is ready. And if your ministries are more inward-focused than outward-focused, this is a time for you to retool, to recalibrate, to refocus, and to find out what the needs are in the Warren County community, you all know this, but you know, and I don't have exact numbers, but you know that the world is moving to Warren County? Do you know that one of the largest Burmese populations in the United States lives in Warren County? Did you know that? I didn't say Burnside, I said Burmese. Now Burnside's weird, too, but where I grew up, but Burmese. And there are other nationalities that are part of its university, part of its industry, and part of it's just a great place to live. Some of them moved here, and more moved here, and more moved here, and more moved here. What, are, what is Eastwood doing to reach the world that has come to Bowling Green? I'm just asking you questions that a pastor's going to ask. But it really begins with you. It begins with you recalibrating your priorities. And most of you here, many of you listening are are believers. You you, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. or You wouldn't be here. Most of you are members of of Eastwood Baptist Church or at least um, people that love this church. But my plea for you as we start this year, because I do believe in this year we're going to get a pastor. I don't know when, but I believe it's going to happen. Is for each of us to aspire to having God first, our family second. God first means we're recommitting ourselves to worship, to Bible study, and to service. And we're going to take a hard look at ourselves and ask ourselves, how are we doing in carrying out the Great Commission in Warren County and beyond? Because we want to be able to tell a prospective pastor that we are outward focused And not just inward focus. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us as we stand together as we pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for these folks. Lord, I pray that those listening, watching online, and those that are here. Lord, we pray that as we start a new year, that our goal will be to know him. To know Christ and the power of his resurrection. So the simple question to ask with your heads bowed and your eyes closed is, do you know him? Most of you know about him. You've read about Him. Some of you studied about Him. You sing about Him. But do you know Him as your Savior and your Lord? And if not, this can be your day. January the 3rd, 2021. As you commit your life to follow Him. Not just know Him. Not just know about Him. But to be filled with His Holy Spirit. To turn from sin... To the Savior. If that's what you need to do. We encourage you to do that right now. Just ask the Lord. Lord please come into my life. And be my Savior and be my Lord. Please forgive me my sins. And give me the gift of everlasting life. I commit my life to follow you. If you've done that. You text. the uh, To that. Number that. Ed gave earlier. Just text connect. If you've done that this morning here. Ed and I. Greg, we'll be glad to talk with you today. But most of you, most of you do know Christ as Savior. But we'll pray right now. Lord, just pray this prayer in your heart. Lord, please be first in my life. I put my family under you. I put my church under you. Lord, use me to your honor and glory in 2021. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said.